This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. All right, so we are continually with this topic around authority in God's house. And I love that topic, right? Authority in God's house. And for my section, again, we're winding down on this series, is how to respond to delegate authority. Again, things have already been said about how we should respond to delegate authority. But we're just going to continue to go over these things so that you can get it down in your heart. And I listened to the announcements. You know, I, I heard authority speaking in announcements. It's amazing when you're studying and preparing your heart for things. The announcements authority spoke. Right? Don't, don't take these things for granted. In other words, there's someone came up here and gave the announcements, whoever that person is, but authority spoke. Right? Like us need to be here at a certain time, prepare for our church picnic, right? Our service times. All, all that was authority speaking. And see, we get caught up not recognizing authority. Authority was speaking. Remember, when everyone's been delegated in a certain position, don't look at the vessel. Remember, it's all backed by God. So make sure you understand that. So authority is speaking. And that's why, to me, this, this topic, authority in God's house, is so, so important. Because as you grow older, um, you will realize that the benefits of staying on authority has saved your life. When I mean by saved your life, it saved your life from heartaches, from disappointments, from getting out of, outside of the will of God. Stay under authority. And no matter what everybody else is doing, you stay under authority. And to stay under authority, you've got to first find authority. And then when you find authority, stay under it. Don't let your offenses and don't let your own ambitions or your own issues cause you to move outside of authority. Stay under there. All right. So as for opening statements, I said on last week, and <clears throat> we talked about <clears throat> authority in God's house. Don't forget your position and where your position is. And I'll say this again. You are not God. So that means God is not your position. Right? You are not the Lord. That means the Lord is not your position. So what is my position? I'm, believe, I'm a, a believer in the Lord. That's your position. So that means I must stay in the Lord. As a believer in the Lord. That's my position when it comes to authority. And I must make sure I flow out of that when it, when it comes to dealing with authority. There's a flow of authority. You're not God the Father, you're not the Lord Jesus, but you're a believer in the Lord. Stay there. Don't flow in areas that you are not in position. And so I mentioned this last time that God is the benefactor. And we talked about what a benefactor is. And that's a title that's used for those in power. Like the king, the ruler. The one who is in authority. And as believers, we are the beneficiaries of that, of that benefactor who is God. And we looked at this in, in Luke chapter 22, and we won't go there this evening. But that was to show us that we have a flow of authority, and we are in that flow. God the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, and we are those believers in the Lord. And in that passage, you go back and read it, it talks about how the Lord said, it is his kingdom, his table. But he has a seat for us at his table. And what, show, what that shows me is that it's not my table, it's not my kingdom, but he has a, prepared a seat for me in his table, in his kingdom. As long as I stay under him, I stay with him, then I can receive the benefits of being a, a beneficiary for the, from the benefactor. All right, so again, know your position in the flow of authority. 
and stay in that position. So the objective of this teaching that I have was first to introduce you to God Almighty. And we talked about that last week. We'll brush up on that again real quick. But introduce you to God Almighty. And you know, you think about like, why would we introduce you to God Almighty? Because again, going back to statement number one, you're not God. And I believe some of us think we are God Almighty. What I mean by we think that, because we act that way. Are we bossing things around, bossing people around, telling people what to do, think things need to be run this way, changing order, changing arrangements. We think we're God. You're not. So I want to make sure I introduce you to God Almighty. And then introduce you to delegate authority. And then introduce you to those that are under delegate authority. And then discuss how to respond to those in delegate authority. And then the last... One of my objectives is to look at the difference between provoking to love and good works versus bullying. We'll get there. Maybe not tonight, but we'll get there before this teaching is over. All right, so turn with me to Psalm 62, our, our, our key scripture, our foundation scripture. Psalm 62, everybody should know it. But again, it's nothing like reading it. Psalm 62, make sure you turn your Bibles there. <clears throat> Verse 11. Reads, God hath spoken once, twice have I heard this, that power belongeth unto God. Again, God has spoken once, twice have I heard this, that power belongeth to God. And then we go to Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1, <clears throat> verses 1 through 3. Hebrews 1, it says, God. I love this. God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. And when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand on majesty on high. And we see that it, when we talk about authority and power in God, he upholdeth all things by the word of his power. God does. He upholds all things by the word of his power. That's God. That's what we mean by the almighty God. And so before we looked at this word power and understanding that power and authority and we said that God indeed is the ultimate authority God is power you can't talk about God without talking about he is power and this word authority we talked about being having the right and the might and we talked about Azusia and dunamis and that alone is God God alone is the Azusa and the dunamis power belongeth to God he alone is all-powerful. Right? And I think we say these things over the go. We've been saying these things throughout the, all the teachings. But, but I hope it is settled in with you that power belongs to God. He has the right and he has the might. He has all dominion, all authority. Right? He has all control. He has all ability. God. All right, and so for man, what is man's responsibility, right? Man needs to first find authority and get up under it. 
That's what man needs to do. Find authority and get up under it. And then we said this before, man does not have the right, get this, man does not have the right to change God's order. You can try, but guess what? Man, you don't have the right to change it. Right, because you're not the Azusa. You don't have that privilege. Remember, you are in the flow of authority. You are a believer in the Lord. You're not the Lord. So that means you don't have a right to change God's order. Man, you don't have the right to change God's ordinances. Right? And man, you do not have the right to criticize God's order or God's arrangement. Be careful how you criticize what God has established. Don't come against God's order. Even when you think you're right and like God is wrong. And, you know, we'll, we'll see some of that tonight. We'll get a chance to examine some things. And you see how, how our attitudes, our filter we have about when God asks us to do something, we want to make sure to God, do you know what you're talking about? Uh, you know, he's God. He knows exactly what he's talking about. Remember, he's asking you to do something, or telling you to do something because he's God and you're not. This flow in that authority. So, again, man doesn't have the right to criticize, come against God's order. His arrangement. And when I mention order, order is God's placing in God's arrangement. Make sure you're clear about that. What order is. God has an order. That means he has a placing and an arrangement. That's his order. Right? That's why he said everything should be done in decency and in order. Because he has an order on placing and an arrangement. Everything is placed for and arranged for a particular purpose. And it has to deal with God. If you don't understand, like, well, I don't know why we do things like this. I don't know why this is going on. I don't know why things are arranged the way they are. Then you need to ask those in authority because they know. And I gave this point before, like, you know, you remember when you, I'm saying you remember, but you were born into this world, right? And, and for most of you, you don't even know when you were born into this world. All you know is a date that your daddy and mama told you that you showed up. You don't remember your birth. But authority was there when you came. And then authority showed you everything you needed to do. Right? Authority even put your clothes on. Laid them out. Showed you what clothes you need to wear. That was all authority. You didn't have a clue. See, everything was arranged. Order. Placing. Right? God is so good. God always puts authority around you to keep you in the right position. To keep you safe. To understand what needs to be done. And your, you know, your response is just... To follow. Submit. Right? But then as we come of age, then we know more than our parents know. Or we know more than authority know. Think about that. Right? And again, as we come of age. You know, come of, coming of age means usually them teenage years. That's when you come of age. Right? You, you, you finally start smelling yourself. You realize there's a difference between a male and a female. You know, those ages... Where your hormones are kicking in, and all of a sudden you look at your parents differently. They're just so old, so old-fashioned. They're, they're not, they don't know what the things are today, and you know more than they do. You know, just because you can operate your, your cell phone, you know, more effectively than your parents, don't mean you know more than they know. You know, your parents still can show you a little something. Because, remember, your, your parents weren't paying for that cell phone. Right, while you say, oh, I can operate it better than you, but guess what? If I don't pay that bill, you won't have a cell phone to operate. See, that's what I say. Hey, you know, we're smarter than a, a 13-year-old, right? You've got to be a little bit smarter than a 13, 15, 17-year-old, right? 
Don't tell me how smart you are and I'm paying for that bill. That, that tells me where, where, again, know your flow and authority. The one that's paying, that's the one that's in authority. Right? So, so that's the thing about as, as, as we get older again, and, and we find this in God's house. That's the thing about authority in God's house. Now we've been saved for a while. Now we've been in church for a while. Now we know how church needs to run. We know how things need to flow. And we have our questions and we want to come against the authority. But you remember, this ministry was here when you got here. Right? And you see, if you leave, it's still going to be here. Because God has an order and an arrangement that he has established in this place. And he's trying to tell you to get up under it so that you can stay safe. This is for your benefit. Keep that in mind. When you're in ministry, stay humble. And that's why I said for me, these, these messages, I, I didn't understand this coming into this ministry. I learned this here. How to stay in an authority, understand what authority is about. I learned that here. And that's why the benefits of being an authority, again, you, you'll see as you grow older. I'll just say it like that. In the by and by, right, like most folks used to say, right? Keep on living because you know it all. Alright, so anyway, so man is, is God's creation. We talked about that again. Understand, you are God's creation. Right? You didn't create God. God created you. Right? He is your creator. You are the creature. Again, it's going back to the floor of authority. Alright, so then we talked about, let's introduce you to God Almighty. So, turn with me to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1, review here. Revelation chapter 1. God Almighty. Verse 8, it says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. I mean, that's settling. settling. God is the Almighty. Almighty we talked about is El Shaddai, the, the all-powerful one, the one who has all the powerful, the one who is the, the mighty one. He says, I am the Almighty. I am the beginning and the ending. What does that mean? Before the beginning started, God is. He is. And when it comes to your end, there is no end with God. God is forever. He is eternal. There's no ending in God. There's no, think about it, right? You know, our life, we have a start date and end date. That's not God. God didn't have a start date. He always existed. Again, he talked about he uphold of all things by the word of his power. That's God. He's the all-powerful, almighty. So he's El Shaddai. And that's why I'm going to introduce you to him. Because you're not all-powerful. You're definitely all almighty. You still have your struggles, your issues that you're dealing with. And think about this, from generations to generations, from this book in the Bible, right, from Genesis to Revelations, God is. Think about how many generations have come and gone. God is. And here we are at this time. And guess what? God is. That's what he said, which is which was, and which is to come. 
That's what we talk about. God is, He is a generational God. God knows about the generations that are to come. When our generation ends and the next generation comes forward, God is. When the previous generation ended and our generation stepped forward, God is. So guess what? What is the only constant in your life? God. That's why he is the almighty. That's why he is all powerful. That's why all power belongs into him. It never ends. So you think about God is powerful. So, his, you know, it's not like God has a, has a goal and go to another power source and, you know, he runs out of power and to go get some more, you know, like we watch in, in movies or whatever, our superheroes. No, God don't have to go to his source and get more power. You know, he doesn't have a, a kryptonite that, that, you know, like Superman does when he gets to place where, okay, well, I can do everything, but don't bring no crypt. You know, God doesn't have no weaknesses that's going to affect his power. He's all powerful. And he always will. That's who God is. That's why I want to make sure I introduce, because I think we forget these things, who God is. And we, we have concerns and we're going around with our, 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 you know, jobs. And again, like I said, school started back, so our children and this school year, we're all stressed out and frustrated. God is. Think about how many school years God don't see. You think after someone, he'd be tired like oh, another school year. There's the things that are going on now that's happening in these schools. But God is. And some of us are making transition from high school to college. God is. You ain't the first one to ever go to college. God is. And we struggle with, you know, we're all intense and excited. But God is. God, like, I understand what college life is. Even for today, God is. Or whatever season you, you are in, God is. That's what I mean by He's all powerful. And we don't even turn to the all powerful God. We turn to ourselves, first of, all, first of all, and then we realize that we don't have nothing. We turn to our friends, don't know no more than we do. And God's like, when are you going to talk to me? When are you going to see that I'm all powerful? When you, when you got to the very rock bottom, now you turn to God? God is. So that's what I mean by introduce you to God Almighty. That's why prayer is so important. You need to be praying. You need to be talking to the Almighty God. How often? As often as often is. The Bible says you should be praying what? Always. That means I, I should never have a place where I'm not communicating with the Almighty God. Why? Because I need Him. In every area of my life. Not just when I go to the doctor and all of a sudden they give me some news that, that I wasn't ready to receive. Now, oh, now, now we all praying. And we'll get everybody else to pray for us. But guess what God is? God already knew what the doctor was going to say before you showed up. You know, the all-knowing God, all-present God, I'm, God is. So He is the Almighty God. So next I said we introduce you to delegate authority. Let's look at this in Ezekiel. Hopefully you can find it quicker this this Wednesday and last Wednesday. Ezekiel. Chapter 2. Old Testament. Ezekiel. 2, starting at verse number 1. Introduce you to delegated authority. 
Ezekiel chapter 2, verse 1, it says, And he said unto me, Son of man, stand upon thy feet, and I will speak unto thee. And the Spirit entered into me when he spake unto me, and set me upon my feet, that I heard him that spake unto me. And he said unto me, Son of man, I send thee to the children of Israel, to a rebellious nation that have rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me, even unto this very day. So you see, it's amazing how God is speaking to Ezekiel. He said, I send thee. So now he's sending thee. He said, God has called Ezekiel for this task. For a better word, God has called Ezekiel for this assignment. Right? That's, in, this, in this passage, he is God's delegated authority. He's going to go and speak on behalf of God Almighty. Verse 4. For they are impudent children and stiff-hearted. And I do send thee unto them. And thou shalt say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God. And they, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear, for they are a rebellious house, yet shall they, they uh, yet shall know that there have been a prophet among them. God's trying to show the children of Israel that authority has come to you. God sends his delegated authority always to show you that authority is here. To speak to you about your issues. Things that you need to correct. What do I mean by your issues? Your issues that you've come against God. You know, like your sin. Right? Your wickedness. You know, again, your transgressions. He said, they're rebe- your rebellion. And so you wonder what the purpose of delegate authority is. To speak to you about your rebellion. That's why you, you, know, you come to church and you hear the pastor and it says things to you like, well, that was strong. Yeah, because you're rebellious. God is speaking through them on your behalf. Because you need to hear from God. So why we get mad at the vessel? That's God speaking to us. So again, we, say, we teach these things, right? Whenever you meet authority, I'm saying you just met God. Like I told you, you heard, you heard authority when the, the announcements came this, 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 this evening, right? The authority spoke then. And we're so caught up with the vessel. And if we don't care for the vessel, then we're definitely not hearing the instructions. That's our issues. Not God. The Bible says God has no respect of persons. So God calls Ezekiel. God calls delegated authority. God delegates. And delegated authority speaks on behalf of God. And I love how God dealt with Ezekiel. God told Ezekiel exactly what he's going to be, who he's going to be talking to. He said, they're rebellious. And he said, whether they hear you or whether they forbear you or refuse you, guess what? You still speak to them. And you wonder how come you hear our pastor says the thing. He, our pastor, she's talking about, I'm not moved whether, she's not moved whether, like they say, they cheer you or they jeer you. She's going to still say, thus saith the Lord unto you. Why? Because she is under authority. She's going to speak to you. She's not going to get caught up in how you respond or don't respond. 
Whether you text her and say, that was an awesome message, whether you say nothing at all, she's still going to speak, thus saith the Lord. That's delegated authority. And when you have problems or come against the delegated authority, you are coming against the one that sent them, who is God. Now you're coming against the Almighty God. Verse 6, And thou, son of man, be not afraid of them. I, love, I like how God deals with Ezekiel. Like, Don't be afraid of them. Why? Because I'm the Almighty God. <laughs> Neither be afraid of their words. I like to, don't be afraid of them. You know, like them try to intimidate you. Or their words. I don't care what they say. Don't be afraid. In other words, don't be, a, don't be moved by the responses they may give you once you speak the say of the Lord. Said, though briars and thorns be with them, thou dost dwell among scorpions. Be not afraid of their words, nor be dismayed at their looks, though thou be a uh, thou they be a rebellious house. He's already said they're rebellious. Don't get caught up in them. That's why you're speaking to them on my behalf to deal with their rebellion. And thou shalt speak, verse seven, my words unto them. Whether they hear or whether they will forbear, for they are most rebellious. But thou, son of man, hear what I say unto thee. Be not thou rebellious like the rebellious house. Open thy mouth and eat that I give thee. Delegated authority is there to speak to you. They're going to speak. So that's what I mean. When delegated authority shows up, they are on an assignment to speak to you from God based on what God has told them about you. And you hear them say, well, what about you? No, God, I'm here to speak to you about you because God sent me here to speak to you. Well, I think you're doing worse than we are. You're missing the whole point. And that's what happens when you, you see someone that's in delegate. We all want to judge or put our judgments on the vessel. You better look at the words they're saying and put your judgment there. Because they're speaking to you under authority. That is so important. Because they are God's delegate authority. They are God's delegates. God sends. God calls. God arranges. They are under his authority. Now we look at Ezekiel. Let us turn and look at a, a New Testament individual that was sent by God, called by God. Look at Acts. Chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. Acts 9, starting at verse 10. And this is very interesting to me. Acts 9, verse 10. Remember, introducing you to delegated authority, who God has called, who God has chosen. Acts chapter 9, verse 10, it says, And there was a certain disciple... At Damascus, called Ananias. And to him saith the Lord in a vision. Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. Now, what if this man just called the person that spoke to him? Lord. Get that now. He called him Lord. Right? You know what Lord means, right? That I'm not God. That I'm not the Lord. I'm a believer in the Lord. So I'm speaking to the Lord. He recognized this was the Lord talking to him. And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas 
for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. And have seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him, that he might receive his sight. Now, what you think would be the response of Ananias since he, God just told him what to do? Yes, Lord. I'm going to go right now. 13. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he have done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority uh, from the chief priests to bind all that call on thy name. It's amazing, again, it's amazing how now all of a sudden we're going to tell God, like, God, God, did you miss this? You want me to go talk to who? Pray for who? Lay hands on who? Right? Because in our mind, it can't be him. We've already passed judgment on who God has called. Let me say it differently, right? Who God has chosen delegate authority. Be careful what you say. Why? Because God chooses not man or not you. Who you may think should be God should choose. That may not be one God chooses. Remember, he is God almighty. He has the right to choose whoever he wants. Whoever he pleases. And here is Hananiah going to tell God about this man. He bind those that call upon your name. I, I like that. Throw that back in God's face. He's coming against you. Lord, I've heard many of this, many of this man, how much evil he have done to the saints. I mean, like God doesn't know that. God, like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm sorry. I, I met another Saul. You need. I, That's how we act. Get this, right? This is, we talk about authority in God's house. Who God has called to be in, in, in delegate authority in our house, just follow. Just submit. That's a better word for you. Just submit to that. Stop questioning who God has called to be in authority in His house. Right, don't put your filters on because you, in your mind, in your thinking, God missed it. If God missed it, then all everything is uphold by the work of His power. By the words, by then I mean everything is going to be just done with it. He didn't miss it. Maybe you missed it. And who did you miss? God. You missed the authority. You missed the exusa, and you missed the deutimus. You missed the Almighty. You know, why am I spending time? Because I'm t- this is what we see happening so many times in, in ministries, in churches. We think we know more than God do. And we think we do. And then we're going to try to show God that we know more than he does. But who God chooses. And I'm just amazed how God responded. The Lord. And you see that's all in red, right? So the Lord is speaking to him. You know, in red means this is, this is a conversation verbatim that's happening. This ain't paraphrased, right? It's not like, you know, we get a summary of the, of the conversation. No, he's telling you exactly what the conversation was. 
Again, verse 14. And here hath authority, <laughs> and here he hath authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on thy name. I, I got to move on. But I'm like, God, here's Ananias telling God about authority. The Almighty. Oh, this man, he has authority. Like God's authority is not greater than his authority. Verse 15, move on. But the Lord said unto him, one word, go. See, now, now we're in a place where God, like, I'm just the Lord, I'm not playing with you. Go. And I'm telling you, you know, I'm, you know, I'm stopping right there because I think a lot of us need to hear that one word, go. Stop your whining and complaining. Go because I have spoken to you about this task that you need to go do. Guess what you need to do? Go. Go thy way. For he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings, plural, and the children of Israel. So now God gives clarity to this man Ananias and, and told him, he's my chosen vessel. You get, get that right? He is a chosen vessel unto me. So why are you complaining about God's chosen vessel? Go. Why are you complaining about who God has chosen? See, that's what I mean by I'm introducing you to delegate authority, right? Delegate authority has been delegated by God Almighty. Don't complain about who God has chosen as his delegated authority, as his vessel. All you got to do is just go. When you go, guess what? This is how, I'm going to tell you, this is how I stay free. I'm not here to try to question God about who he has chosen. You know, I'm here to do stay free. F-R-E-E. I stay free. When authority speaks to me, when delegate authority speaks to me, guess what I do? I go. Not trying to figure out nothing. Not trying to say, well, what did they really mean? Why they told me? Why they didn't tell somebody? I go. I stay free. Go that way. For he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. I mean, here it is. The Lord gave him a lot of details. He didn't have to show him an answer to that. His chosen vessel. So I believe he has it here in the scriptures for us to glean from. By his delegate authority. Who God has chosen, guess what? Is who God has chosen. Here we go. Why didn't God choose me? I don't know. Guess who you need to ask? God, the Almighty. You know, do what Job did, right? Ask God. And let, let God speak to you like he spoke to Job. Gird yourself like a man and come talk to me. And then let God reveal to you, say, do you know I keep the snow? Do you, do you know how, how, the, how the, the feed, the, the great fish... Do you know, know how come the, the seas stop at a certain point? <laughs> and then you get to a place where Joe said, oh, wretched man that I am. I, you realize what position you are in. Not God. But he has a chosen vessel. That's his delegated authority. Introduce you to that. He is God's delegated authority. 
But he crucified the saints of God. Here we go. He doesn't deserve to be God's delegated authority. I do. Because God, I've been with you since I can remember. But God chooses. And here's the thing about God. God don't have to explain nothing to you. He's Almighty God. But, but get this. I'll just peep a little bit for you. Whenever God chooses, when it comes to delegated authority, it's all about what? His purpose. Stay with purpose. That's what he's telling, he's telling Ananias this. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Right? I will, he will bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. You know what I know is Ananias and say, oh God, I can do that. See, while you're talking all that noise, if God had chosen you, you'd be like, I ain't finna do that. You know, Paul has a testimony, right? How, how he's gotten beaten. Paul talking, talking about he was half dead, left for dead. Paul has a testimony. How he was shipwrecked. They thought he got bit by a serpent and shook it up. Paul has a, a testimony. We get a mosquito bite, we won't show up for church. You won't God choose me. God knows who he's choosing. God knows what he's doing. Trust Stay following the delegate authority. Get away from you playing God like who deserves to be in what position. Guess what? God never asked you. God never went to Ananias and said, you know, what do you think about Saul? Let me get your feedback. What do you think he'd be a good one? I wish he could look smart at What do you think? Please. God not answer that for any of us. He already knows. Here's, here's the thing about God. Again, that's why I started with introducing to God Almighty. God knows your tomorrows. God already knows what you're going to say yes to and what you're going to refuse to do. Today. Tomorrow. He already knows. So you may wonder why God didn't you because God's like, you're going to, hey, there's going to come a, come a time when you're going to say no to my commandments or refuse what I asked you to do. He knows you. He looked at the choices you already made or the rebellion you're already in. So that's why he's giving you authority to get you out of that rebellion. He has placed delegate authority to get you out of rebellion so you can line up with his purpose. We say it like that to clean it up. God is good. His mercy endures forever. Paul is his chosen vessel. Look at this in 1 Corinthians 15. Look at Paul's own testimony about himself. Maybe this will help you out. 1 Corinthians 15, verse, <clears throat> verse 9. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 9 says, For I am the least of the apostles that am not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. Look, look, you hear what Paul said, right? His own testimony about himself. I'm the least of the apostles that I'm not meet, <laughs> not worthy to be be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. 
but by the grace of God. I, 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 I love this counter. He said, I persecuted the church of God, but by the grace of God. Catch this. I persecuted the church of God, but by the grace of God. I am what I am. What does that mean? It's not about me. It's about God. It's the grace of God that has chosen him for his purpose. Again, for, because I persecuted the church of God, but by the grace of the God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. Ooh, how many of us can say that? How many of God has wasted his grace on you? Did I just say that? You're sitting there doing absolutely nothing. But I labored more abundantly than they, than they all. Yet not I, I like how Paul went back, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. So Paul knew how to exercise God's grace in his life to fulfill God's purpose for his life. Being called as God's delegated authority. And what Paul says, it's not about me, it's about the grace of God in me. But I'm allowing the grace of God in me to use me. You think God knew that when he called him? Yes. Are you going to allow the grace of God to use you that's already in you? Or do we have our limit? How far will you go or how far will you allow the grace of God to use you in ministry? The grace of God. You know, the almighty God, all powerful God, grace upon you to do his work. How far will you go? And I'm going to tell you, you know. Because when authority speaks to you, delegate authority speaks to you, I need for you to go do this. I'm not doing that. This just shows how far you're going to go. And again, you know, you don't say that. You know what you do. You just don't do it. You know, when authority speaks to you, (laughs) oh my goodness, when authority speaks to you and you just don't do it, that is so disrespectful. I think some of us, you're being disrespectful. No, I respect and honor my pastor. You are disrespectful when authority speaks to you and you don't submit and obey. Disrespect. And you think you're disrespecting the individual. You are coming against disrespect towards God. The one that has called the delegate authority. So here we are in this dispensation we are in here at Church Living Water. Right? And God has called our pastor. And guess what? For our sakes. And I'm going to tell you, whether you agree with it or not, doesn't even matter. You know what matters? God has called her at this time for our sake. What I mean, God knows what is best for us at this time. So guess what? God called her for us. That's why she always tell you, I'm your gift. She always, she's trying to let you know, I'm here, I'm your gift. And then when you don't even utilize the gift that God has given you, like, you get what you get. God's like, I don't know what else, God's like, what else can I tell you? 
I placed the gift there for you to help you and you want you to take advantage of the gift that God has placed. You know, I am what I am by the grace of God because we're caught up in the vessel. That's what I mean by introducing you to delegate authority because we, we miss these small foxes that spoil the vine. We miss these things. Some of y'all need to be really reaching out to your pastor about a lot of things. I, one thing she said, I'll never forget this, right? I love this comment that she made. She said, you may go to other people and they give you advice, but I got the answer. <laughs> hey, to me, that's, hey, I'm saying I stay free. That's settled it all. <laughs> My, he, she has the answer. Now, I'm going to tell you, you can fool around with advice and then also you hit and miss. And not re- but the answer... That's what you want to hear. And delegate authority, she has the answer. Why? Because God has called her. For you. For us. Let me say this. I thank God for my pastor. I really do. Thank God. Because God knows what I need at this time of my life. And God has put everything I need in her for me. That's how good God is. That's how good authority is. Take advantage of your gift. It's for you. Because you, you know, one day when the end of your days come, you're going to stand before God. God will be like, and then you have all these questions about God. Where were you about this situation? God, how you let that happen? God, this, God, that. God, like, well, I. I I place my delegate authority in there for you in position. But you omitted it. You rejected it. You know, the Bible says, Him that will be ignorant, let him be ignorant still. Hey, if you want to be ignorant, be ignorant. Some of you like that suffering. Again, I'm staying free. If she has the answer, I want the answer. Because God has put it in her. So we see here with, with Paul, and he said, I am what I am by the grace of God. Because the grace of the God is with me. Glory to God. And the grace of God is with our pastor. She is the delegate authority in this place. You know, we're talking about God, you know, authority in God's house. Understand the house you're in. Flow in that authority. All right. So what position are we in? Glad you asked. Turn to Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. Oh, man. Acts 13. Look at this in verse 1. Again, I said, let me introduce you to delegated authority. Now I'm going to introduce you to those under delegated authority. Acts chapter 13. Did I say 13? Starting in verse number 1. Now there, now there were in the church. Where were they at? In the church. Just making sure you caught that. 
that was at Antioch, certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Manon, which hath, had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch. And guess whose name there? Saul. And they ministered to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. So here they are, at the time they are in the church, they mention these individuals that are in the church, in position, as prophet and teachers in the church, and they was ministering unto the Lord, and God spoke. Called out delegated authority. Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I called them. Did any of them have problems with that? No one said, not here. The Holy Spirit spoke it. And they said, verse 3, And when they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them, and they sent them away for the work that the Holy Spirit had called them to do. So again, Barnabas and Saul are the delegated authority. So they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, here we go, not by the people, they've been sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. And they had also John to their minister. Uh-oh, John. Where, where did John show up at? He wasn't in verse 2. John, or John Mark, is the person who is under delegated authority. So John was there to minister, to serve. He was under the ministry of Barnabas and Saul. Right? Get that. He was under that ministry. So you have the called out delegated authority. Then you have John Mark, who is now part of that ministry, being under the ministry of Barnabas and Paul. Another way of putting it, John Mark was the ministry of helps. You know, it didn't get specific what he did. You notice it gave specific what <clears throat> what Barnabas and Saul did. But John Mark's position was just to help. Whatever the ministry of, uh, they needed, he was there to help. Look at this in Acts 15. Acts 15, starting at verse number 36. Look at those in the ministry of helps. Acts 15, verse 36. It says, And some days after, Paul and Barnabas, <coughs> and some days after, Paul, Paul said unto Barnabas, Let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought not good to take him with them who departed from them from Paphlonia and went not with them to the work. So now we hear, there, here we have the one that is a delegate authority, Barnabas and Paul, again, called out on assignment to go and visit the churches they have ministered to, again, to visit them. And now they say, we're going to take on us to us the ministry of help, so they help us in this assignment. 
Right? Barnabas said, I'm going to get John Mark. Paul like, uh-uh, because they had some issues with John Mark in ministry. Paul did. Right? He said, no. And verse 39, And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder, one from the other. So Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus, and Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. Notice that Paul chose Silas. Again, how did Paul chose Silas? Given to him, he said that, right? Recommended by the brethren. They was in ministry. Again, under the ministry that they were in. That's the ministry of helps. So we get so caught up in saying, well, you know, I need to hear God speak to me directly. God has spoken to you directly. Here's how God has spoken to you directly. God has placed you into the body as he has seen fit. Right? God has placed you in the body as he has seen fit. Right? That has pleased him. Now, once he has placed you into the body as it has seen fit towards God, as has pleased him, your position in the body only, believe, only, only is determined by God. In other words, everybody's not an apostle. Everybody's not a pastor and teacher. Everybody's not evangelist. But you're in the ministry of helps. And you are under that ministry that's in that uh, those in, delegate authority that's in that ministry. You're under it. And you're there to help. How, how come you're there to help? Because God placed you there. Think about this. Think about how God's order. Think about how God operates. God has a work to be done. He has called out his delegated authority. Then he's placed individuals in that ministry to, fulfill, to help fulfill that work. And then while we're in, that, in this ministry to fulfill that work, God has put everything in delegated authority to help us in our day-to-day walk with him. Did you get that? Do you understand that? Where God has placed you, he's also provided provision. Provision for what? For everything you need. And your mind runs to money. He's, there's more important things than money. Some of you keep on living, you'll understand that. But God has placed everything you need within that local ministry to help you. Where he has placed you. And where he has placed a pastor to guide you and direct you and teach you. And so think about it. So when you walk away from that, what did we just walk away from? See, that's why I said, be careful. Going back before, man, <laughs> man think they have the right to, to change God's order. To change God's place. See, be careful when you say God has placed me here. Because I saw when, when Barnabas and, and, and John left, the, <clears throat> I mean, not Barnabas and John, but Barnabas and Paul left, the Holy Ghost spoke to them about leaving. And then when they left, they... Spoken to who they're going to chose to go with them. You leaving without any kind of designation at all. The church knew about it. You leave here. We don't even hear from you. We have to realize, are they gone? Are they here? And then you stop putting your hands to the work. Here's the beautiful thing about God. He has placed you here. That means he has put everything in you by his grace to get the work done here. You're here for work. 
You're here for God's work. Don't despise the work of the Lord in this place. That, that is those who are under delegated authority. Go back to 1 Corinthians. Wow. Chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Because I think we, again, we forget God Almighty. We forget where God has placed us. We forget that we're on His plan, His purpose. We forget that we're under delegated authority. We think it's all about us doing what we want to do. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 12. It says, For as the body is one and have many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we are all baptized into one body. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, Because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? I love these. I love how the Bible reads these things. Just because the foot says they're not of the body, is it not of the body? It's still part of the body. And if the ear shall say, because I am not of the eye, not the eye, am I not of the body? Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now have God set members, every one of them, in the body as it had pleased Him. God is showing you that the body is there to function. And you are here to function according to God's order. There's an order to your body. It's amazing. God gave an example of your body. The eye has a function. The nose has a function. The foot has a function. And the eye and the foot are not on the same function. But it's for the purpose of the whole body. So God has now placed you in the body as as it pleased Him for His function. Verse 19. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body. Verse 21. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Why? Because the eye is not the authority of the body. The eye can't dictate to the hand what to do. The eye has its own responsibility what it needs to do. See, guess what we, again, that's what we're learning about being in the body of Christ, being in a ministry, right? Staying in your lane. Know your place. You know what I know your place? Know the, the area that you're functioning in and stay there. You've got enough to, to do in your area. Why are you worried about someone else's area? Get in the ministry where God has placed you. Nay, much more, those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are what necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need. But God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to the part which lacked. What is that saying? 
God has tempered the body. God knows how this body needs to function properly. So he has placed us in the body as he has seen fit for us to function the way he wants us to function effectively in ministry. God has tempered that. So that's why verse 25, there should be no schisms in the body. Schism means divisions. Why are we mad at God for where he has placed us in the body? You know, we forget you're in the body. You could be outside of the body. You're in the body. Be thankful that you are in the body. Functioning. Being united. In one body. So there should be no schism in the body, but there are me- <clears throat> that the members should have the same care one for another. I like that. The same care. One for, the mo- one for another. That means regardless of what, what position you have in the body, regardless of what function you have in the body, we should have the same care for one another. W- where am I heading toward? This is going to lead us to, to provoking one another to love and good works versus bullying. Which we'll get to on next week. Because when we start bullying each other in the body of Christ, we don't have care for one another. We think our position is higher than yours. And I'm going to show you and bully you in the ministry to let you know that I'm here and you're there. Here's the thing about the body. and, and There's parts, it talks so uncommonly and commonly. He's talking about things that are visible and not visible. Everything in the body is not seen. Like I'm looking at you now. I can't see your liver. Can't see your internal organs. Don't know what your lungs look like. But they are vital for your body. But I can see your hands. can see your face. See your skin. So for us, we look at the outside and think that is so important. But you know, to be honest, that inside is... Those internal organs are very important. Let those internal organs stop functioning. Then you see how important your your hands and your eyes and your feet are. You like fix the internal stuff. God's trying to show us something in the, in the body that we're not bullying those things because because you can see on that because you see certain people in certain positions like oh this please. It's the unseen work that you never see that keeps this ministry functioning. Like you just showed it tonight, things were already happening. The chairs in place. Again, authority happened. You able to sit down. You know, we come in, you didn't move chairs. Grab a chair when you come in. Put it sit over here. Now uh, somebody turn on the AC. Uh, all this stuff was in place. You just came and sat down. And then have another talk about things. Let me stop. Anyway, we'll get to this next week. Stand to your feet. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water in Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.